Welcome to Project Life with Mike Watts. This is Mike Watts. On this podcast, I'll be sharing the ups and downs of running a business, how to manage a great team of folks who are helping us grow that business, how to thrive as a husband and just be a better one for that matter, how to function with an 18-month-old running around driving sometimes you crazy, how to thrive as a man in this world when frankly we are lacking great role models at this moment in time. And I'm documenting all of this in a journey trying to find my place in the world. So if you're looking to grow your business, obtain financial freedom, figure out parenthood, uplevel your life, be a better person, or frankly, how to be a badass, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Enjoy the show. What's up, people? It is Mike Watts coming to you for another episode of Project Life with Mike Watts. And I uh, had the opportunity to interview my buddy Bradley Will. Um, We were talking the other day in the car. We were just talking on the phone, and he was talking about his changes. He's been an entrepreneur, business owner, done a variety of amazing things, had so many different businesses. Um, And he's kind of at a transition point, actually, right now in his career. And I met him at James Wedmore's wedding in May of 2016. We kept in touch. He was um, there with Lewis Howes. They were talking there. We were all sitting at the same table. And, uh, you know, we were just, we just started catching up. And then I went to Wrigley last year for the World Series for Game 5. Went, flew up to Chicago, and I knew he lived down the street. So we just ended up walking over for the game and just had a really good time, um, hanging out. And so we've actually kept in touch for quite a while based off of meeting May of 2016. So thanks James for that. And so what we were talking about in the car the other day about transition and slowing down and kind of really reevaluating his life, you know, or both, you know, for the listeners that have been listening to this podcast for a while have understood that that's what I've done and kind of gone through as well, this transition piece. And so for him, I thought like, let's get on the phone and talk about this as well, because as what you're about to see, that's going to come out from me shortly and more things in the future will be a lot of changes uh, regarding my own presentation, you know? And so we're both kind of going through this at one point and I wanted to just have a conversation with him as being a dude and like, what's that like for him at this moment? He left everything in Chicago, moved to Milwaukee. He shut down kind of the business that really was his identity for a while. And now he's kind of in transition doing little things, you know, to kind of like side hustling and doing things and then really leaving the space open for what is next going to happen in his life. And I thought it was a really cool conversation. And then we, that's really what our basis was that we talked about during that during the con- the the chat we had we got we we had a lot more to talk about at the end of it but it was i had to go pick up penelope so we had to cut it short cuz we only had a certain amount of time so anyway enjoy the interview with Bradley Will and you can check him out uh, just search facebook.com forward slash bradley b r a d l e y will and uh, you can just look him up. And he's also on Instagram. So, and we're also big Cubs fans. So that's all happening at one time. So anyway, have a great rest of the day. And I will enjoy the episode. And I'll, we'll see you guys next time. Cheers. Bradley Will, welcome to the Project Life with Mike Watts podcast. Season 2. Your episode 2 of Season 2 of the Project Life with Mike Watts podcast. Twos. Great things come in twos. Yeah. Um, Thanks. 
Thanks for inviting me. I guess I should like have your bio would have been the professional thing to actually do. Do we have one of those? What is your professional bio? Uh, uh, thinker, um, <laughs> reader, entrepreneur, um, all that good stuff. Okay. Maybe I can get a more, like a better, since you are a writer, I could probably have one and introduce it before this is played. Sure. You think we could put that together? Yeah, we could put that together. Okay, great. Okay, so the bio's over in red, so people know who you are now. Um, okay, so to just give some people some context on this, um, Bradley and I met at our local friends, or our local friend. You live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I live in Portland, Maine, so we're definitely not local. And we met at our friend's wedding in Laguna Beach, California. So that's not local yes. to either one of us. But James Wedmore and his wife, Chelsea Wedmore now, um, this was in May of 2016. Yep. And so we've kind of, and then you worked for us for about three months or so. You helped us with some yes. stuff. And we've kind of just kept in touch from there. So this is like. And you left out the, the best detail of it all. I was getting there. Okay. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. And the only reason I was waiting that, are you talking about the Cubs game? Uh, okay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So then I went to the World Series Game 5 um, for Chicago Cubs in Chicago, and Bradley and I went out to the um, to the local bar right where Wrigley Field and watched it. We were, we were talking about going to the game. Maybe I was talking about going to the game, but you weren't. Um, and it never really happened because that's not the reason I actually was supposed to go to Chicago. It was just for you and I to have like a more in-depth conversation about life. And so basically I wanted to bring you on because I just thought we were talking the other day and I think it would be a cool place to chit chat. And one reason is I was just interviewed a couple days ago by this guy by the name of Spencer Jacobson about he created a group called um, Ask a Real Man. And then I just today, because of you, I got the delivery of Lewis House's book called The Mask of Masculinity. So I think it's a really interesting conversation to be a part of right now. And just kind of like how you've been navigating because you've been going on so much a transformation journey recently and what that looks like for you and how kind of what things have come up for you on that and just kind of how you're handling it. Because I feel like this is a place right now in the world where we're going through a lot of transformation. And um, but side note about the Cubs, actually, I saw on SPG because we have a lot of Starwood points. That I can okay. use Starwood points to bid on um, the championship division series games. So nice. We could go to a luxury box in Chicago if you want to go. It's it's tough for my the schedule of October for me though. But I'll let you know. I'll let you know okay. if it happens. This is on this is on uh, camera now and audio, so I get to hold you to it. It's <laughs> yeah, but I can edit it out. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> But it is about – so I'm going to see what the dates are, and we could bid on – we get two tickets, and you get to go stay in a luxury box at Wrigley Field that's like SPG puts you up. I've never experienced this, but, yeah, I think that would that'd be kind of cool. I just got to say about that. Like that experience was something like just going to and just experiencing that and you know being kind of a longtime Cuz fan, you and I, um, man – that experience of going to the Cubs game, being in Wrigley Field, it was just something special, you know, like it was, uh, who knows, you know, something that you, you like look back, I have a 
picture on my wall, but it says, at last, Cubs capture first title in 108 years. What kind of determination a city and, you know, a organization must have to get a championship after 108 years of trying? It was unbelievable. I mean, I just remember that, like, the feeling of the country, the whole country right after that happened was un- insane. Like, people yeah. were watching the World Series that didn't even watch the World Series, like, didn't watch baseball ever. But it just, like, captivated the entire United States. Yeah. You know, and just celebration. There was, like, 5 million-plus people at the parade. Didn't you go down there for that or something? I was there for the parade. And yeah. the Cubs actually came back, what was it, 3-1? to one? They were down three games to one. Yeah. I think they were, like, on the edge of losing the last game. And they came back and won it. It was, yeah, it was incredible. It was nuts. It was incredible. It was, nuts. it was so cool. And it was the... Because I was there for the Florida Marlins with the whole Bartman situation. Was that 10 years ago now? Over 10 years ago? Mm-hmm. So I was there for game six and game seven. So the day Bartman caught the ball, I was like in the same section as him, literally at the back of his section. So we didn't actually know what was happening um, when it went on, but like you just heard a lot of booing happening. And then we saw the replay of what took place when Moises Salou tried to grab the ball and, and Steve Bartman caught it. I mean, what I don't know, I never blame Bartman for that situation, so it yeah. sucks to what happened to him. But I'm so glad the Cubs like gave him a World Series ring. I thought that was. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I thought that was dope. And then, um, but just yeah. And then what happened in Game Seven for them to lose? Like we went back to Chicago for that, so it was really cool to like come mm-hmm. back and kind of turn that around and go to Game Five. We didn't actually go to the game, but we were in Chicago for we it. We were right there in the heart. We were in the heart. And it was like, we had a bathroom five feet away, so it was great. <laughs> it's like, like, if we had a pee, we just walked five feet. Yeah. Food delivered to us. We could sit at the same place. So the energy, it was all about the energy. Energy. Um, that's what people say that don't aren't inside of the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was environment. good. Environment is everything. Yeah, it is. All right, so tell me, um, just so the audience knows, like, what's a little bit about your special, like, you have some special skill sets. So what would those be? So just from the... Um, you know, I, I've been an entrepreneur for uh, quite a long time, um, ever since I've known, um, but aggressively for like 10 years, um, and pursuing online businesses. So... Um, my skill set, I, I feel outside of like creating educational products, um, that serve and help people. I think my skill set really comes down to learning in that process and, and, you know, running advertising and, and converting people into offers, you know, through webinars. What I learned in that process is how to really understand the customer and help uh, with the marketing, see the world from their shoes and point of view to help like a business owner like myself having, having to go through this process to be able to market better, to be able to speak their language. And um, so and, uh, and a lot of it is just a reflection of my life and, you know, the, the challenges that I've gone through and, and having to figure that out myself. And um, also I, I, coaching and just being a natural coach, I really enjoy uh, that part of it and helping people overcome any obstacles that they're facing. So when you talk about, cause I look at you as a writer, you know, to it now, maybe not like an author of many books at this moment in time in your life. Right. Yeah. Um, maybe down the line. So, or it will be down the line. Right. You told me the other day you wanted to write a book. Yeah. Is that, I had that conversation with you, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. And I kind of said it in the passing and then you're like, okay, cool. I'll hold you to that. Yeah. 
was like, oh, great, great. Yeah. It's kind of like one of those things you put out there. You're like, uh, you know, and, and, uh, but you know, maybe it's a good thing. Well, it's funny because Licia is, you know, Licia. So our president yeah. of our company, she wrote new copy for my website. So Mike J. Watts is getting a whole facelift. Like the podcast logo just changed recently for this podcast and I'm getting a whole new facelift for what we're doing. And it's a very, it's really the first time that we're focusing on kind of, we have katenorthrop.com, but also with what's going on with mikejwatts.com, that's getting a whole new facelift. She wrote in there was like, because I'm going to open it up to a lot more business coaching. And one of the taglines she came up with was like, I'll help your business get to seven figures. I'll take your six-figure business to seven-figure business to help you. And I go, well, our business hasn't hit seven figures yet. I can't, you know, that's like false advertising, really. And then she was like, oh, well, that's an interesting remark. And then this weekend, we were this yesterday, we were talking about the new graphics. And she also wrote in there about, because I told her my vision is to, like, to do the masters in CrossFit when I'm 40. So I give myself seven years for this like goal to like make it to the CrossFit Games, whether I do or not, who cares. But it's just like, this is one of the, I thought this would be really cool to be able to do that. So it gives me seven years of prep leading up to it, because I'm going to need seven years of prep to lead up to it. It's just like... Yeah. And she wrote in there about, like, to be a CrossFit Games winner, and it was kind of like a sarcastic comment, but I'm like, I'm not a CrossFit Games winner. And yesterday I was talking to her, and she's like, I go, oh, now I see what you're going, because our business has the potential this year in 2017 to surpass a million dollars, like the pace. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. And I go, now I get it, what you were writing about the future, you know? And she's like, yeah, finally, you've turned it around where it's like you're, you're putting the manifestation of what's out there. So it was really cool that you just shared, like when I, you said, well, I want to, I want to write a book and I'm like, cool. Yeah. yeah, Let's, let's do it. And it's putting those things out there. So I guess when that's a great question where it's like for you, when you're setting your goals for yourself, you know, it's like writing a book. What is your process to bring that to a reality? Like, do you have a process of when not necessarily the book, for instance, but like any other goals that you're working on in your life? Um, you know, number one is, is, uh, I write everything down and this is a new habit that has been created for myself. Um, probably since I started as an entrepreneur, I've always tried to create a a habit into writing and writing every day, but it's something I never really did consistently. You know, I never found the time. I just, it was never a priority. And what I learned in that process kind of sidestep a little bit is that there is so many things standing in between me and making that a habit, uh, standing in the space, in the mental space, in the physical space that I just, you know, it wasn't a priority. There's things standing in the way between you making writing a habit. Yes. And what kind of things are standing in your way? Um, because you want writing to be a habit, right? Yes. Yes. It's important for me. Yep. So Um, what are those things that stand in your way? Uh, I think the things that were standing in my way were, um, it's, it's, so, it's so funny, but it's so small. I mean, it, it's all of the things that stand in the way. It's a cluttered inbox. It's, um, you know, phone calls that have to be returned. It's, you know, thinking it's stress. It's think, you know, a closet needing to be decluttered. It's all the little things that stack up and it, that becomes a way of living. And so when I looked at, I started reevaluating my life and just, 
Like, what are all the things keeping me from, you know, and, and anything that gives me ex- an excuse for going after what I want in life? What is everything standing in the way? Because uh, I tried so hard to create great habits in my life. And then every time I would try to like, you know, like say, I want to achieve this. I want to do this. I would make this big, you know, complicated, hard to execute plan. And I would stick to it for like, you know, three, five, you know, seven, maybe if I'm lucky, 30 days, but there will be no, there would be no follow through. And so what I started noticing is that the more I cleared out my life and simplified my life and eliminated stress from my life, I had just clear, complete, clear headspace to do and implement the things that I want. And a lot of those are foundational things of planning and writing and, and just creating. So that was, that's the first step is eliminating anything that's standing in the way and that could be used as a crutch or an excuse. Um, or like, like if we have passion or a purpose in life, it's like, then, you know, there shouldn't, you know, be interruptions or things that like, you know, noise that, you know, you know, uh, come up, like those should be such a big priority because the, the vision is so great. Nice. And then so is writing a habit now. Writing is a habit now. Yes. Um, two months, uh, wait, August, September, two months. I write every day, multiple times, you know, you at least once per day, um, I don't do it at a specific time. I do it when I'm, when I'm called, like I set aside the time and space to do it. And then, uh, you know, when I'm feeling, I, I just write, you know, I just create whatever comes up. And is it, you're like, is it something that's just on your, because I know Tim Ferriss talks a lot about the white pages. Is that right? He does white pages or there's that book called the artist way that talks about just writing for a period of time. Um, I don't know what they're anyway, the, but is it, you sit down and kind of just write what's on your mind or is it your, you have a, a specific thing you want to write about that day? No, I just, it's whatever's on my mind. I I think, you know, some people have a structure. Some people like to write about gratitude. I use it as more of like a meditative process. I started it as a way to navigate my challenges in life, you know, and, and, um, you know, I was in a really difficult time when I started write, you know, writing and, you know, kind of have these ups and downs in life. And I was at, you know, just a, a, it's amazing looking back and just reflecting back, you know, before this call, I was kind of just reading through my journal because I can see the patterns in my life, um, by what I'm writing and what I'm talking about and how much life has changed in just 60 days is, is, is pretty awesome to see. And I wouldn't know that unless I, you know, uh, was actually, you know, documenting the process. We were talking about this the other day. Um, but I really just write what's on my heart and what I'm struggling with. And like, what I'm, what, you know, what, what are my challenges? And, and, you know, recently I've started asking questions. I just write out a question of something that, you know, the quality of our life, is defined by the quality of, of questions that we ask ourselves. Uh, you know, you know, we've both heard that many times. So I just start instead of like, cause sometimes I'll catch myself going to a place where I'm just like, you know, you know, my thoughts are like you know, a little bit negative for the day. Yep. And instead I reframe that into a question, like how can I improve this? You know, and then I'll just write about it and, you know, usually come up with a solution. That's called a re, 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 what, there's a name for it. I've done this before. Kate's mom. Reframe? 
it's not reframe. It's like repossessive, not repossessive, but reperceptive, reperceptive writing or something like that. I don't. I can't remember the name. There's a thing like that where you ask yourself questions and then you write about those questions, and then whatever question comes to your mind, you you basically continually write by writing, answering your own question, pretty much. It'll come to me eventually, like what this thing's called. But there's a process for it, and you set a timer, and you do it for like you're doing it your own way. But there was the way. There's a structured way to do this where you do it for like ten minutes. And then you just go down the list and you just keep, you keep like writing and then you're asking yourself questions like, you know, it's like I, my workout didn't go well today. Why didn't my workout go well today? Well, sleeping was all over the place last night. I was tired. I worked out a little bit later than I wanted to. And it's like, why was I tired? You're like, what happened? What was my first instinct? Well, I woke up and I checked my email and then I went down this path. So of course that's not energizing. You know, it's like you're solving your own problem by asking yourself these questions. I think that was, that's really cool. Yeah. You know, exactly to what you're saying, Mike, it's like, it, it allows us to kind of see and like think in terms of solutions instead of like staying stuck in the problem. And if I go back two months, you know, I look at some of my writing and some of the things that I was, you know, saying to myself, and it's just more like problems stuck in, you know, writing about problems. And this is a really good book. If anybody's watching as a man thinketh, it's a classic. It's very short. It's a very simple piece, but it's just, you know, everything that's in the book is just like, you know, Everything in our life, our body, our mind, everything is is controllable through our thoughts. And that was one thing that kind of clicked for me is like anything that's going on in my body, it starts in the mind. Um, and uh, um, that's really interesting. But when you when you said this in, in it, it kind of made me think of the conversation that you had we had the other day yeah. about the guy um, that wrote for, can you want to mention that? I don't want to what kind you, of butcher you, it. The, what, what, the guy that writes you, for his son. Oh yeah. I have a buddy who, and also to the, as a man, think us about your body is what your mind, like Louise Hay, the founder of Hay House, she wrote a book called you can heal, heal your life. And it's this, it's the belief that like what we're giving ourselves is a lot of, you know, if you have a sickness or something like this, depending on what it is, of course, but you can actually heal that through the thoughts, right? And there's all this proof around it now. And, but that's what her first book was. You can heal your life. And that was what it talked about. And it was that mind, this mind body connection that it goes on so much where it's like what our beliefs are is what come true, et cetera. So that's kind of what you're just shared. But yeah, so, my buddy, um, <clears throat> he writes, he has three sons and he writes a letter to them every single day, you know? And it's like, to me, that is like, holy shit balls. That's a lot of work, right? Yeah. And, but like to him, it's not. He's just created a habit and he gets it done every single day. And he, yeah. each of them, so he literally, from the time they're born to the time until they're 18 years old, he's going to write to them every single day. That's, the, that's like the most, you know, like, that's like the coolest thing when he told me that. I was like, dude, that is such a cool project. And we were talking yeah. about that. And that kind of led into our conversation about habits and like right. how important habits. And I have this book called letters to my baby, which is like somebody gave us for Penelope and I've never filled any of it out. And it's been sitting on my desk for like six months. And I'm like, why don't I just do that for her? Like, what am I, you know, it doesn't have to be some big complicated thing. It's just taking five minutes. It's not like these things are very long, but it's like, I don't even spend the time to do that. Right. Um, so it is, it's, and it's not, 
where it's like now now what I just did is compare myself to what Simon's doing. And that's not necessary, right? So it's like we're we're honoring you know, I'm I'm it's how we're delivering habits and what we're doing to create that without the judgment of so if Bradley's written for two months straight, it's like why all of a sudden I could be like, Well, now I'm not as a good of a person because I'm not writing for two months straight. Yeah. You know, it's how we can turn it around. And, and that's, that's a very big, like, that's a very big thing and a very, uh, big challenge that, that I faced is like, I look at my life and then, you know, I would compare it to, you know, other people out there, um, other people in, in, in my industry or space, but it's just like, our journeys are so different. Like, you know, also you have a family and a, and a young child, right. And it's like, we, you know, what works for you doesn't work for the next guy. And what works for Simon, you know, is not going to work for me. And when you start, you mentioned about the hap, you know, the habits and, and the questions or like, you know, why isn't there, or you just kind of do it unstructuredly in your writing, what you were saying to me versus like writing for 10 minutes. What, what, what I noticed is that all these things and all these solutions that people present teachers, mentors, you know, they're giving a framework of something that, you know, works or an idea, you know, that you can implement, but really what it comes down to is what works for us. And, you know, what worked for me was just number one, creating space. Cause I just didn't have the space, but then once I had the space, all the things became a priority or like all the things that I wanted to do. So like, and, and I would really get caught up in the optimization, Mike, without trying to like get way off track, but like my morning routine, for example, of like, it's gotta be perfect. It's gotta be like so structured and like in the box. And the more that I put like rigidness around it, the less like uh, likely I realize I am to stick to it. And it just kind of like falls off. So give me an example. Like when you mean by rigidness, you mean trying to say I have to wake up, I have to drink water with with lemon and then I got to do this and then I got to do this. And is that what you mean by rigid or Um, I I mean, like if we put like if what I noticed and I can only speak of me, like if I put too much like habits, I feel like need to be built on from like a strong basis. So like I had to start with just making my bed as rudimentary as that sounds. Like I had to just make my bed. Actually, you know what really started all, all, all like I had to stop, like I wasn't sleeping well in my life. And I was like, what am I, what, you know, exactly going through that question process. What am I doing that in my life that is causing me to be tired and having to go to like coffee and this. And it really just started like addressing it one by one. I stopped drinking coffee because I knew I needed the coffee to fuel me through my day. And as long as I was doing that, I wouldn't, you know, improve my sleep because it, you know, keeps affecting my system. So, um, it just took one by one and just stacking on good habits. And then once I've implemented something for a little, then I'll be like, okay, I can, I can do this. This is easy. Let me add another thing into the mix. And so my latest experiments going six days strong is cold showers. <laughs> and it's like, 
it's, it's, yeah. So I just keep adding a little thing in of all these things that I learn and kind of take in. And then I'm just like, okay, let me just try this for a little while and see how this fits into the you know morning routine. But if I'm like, I got to do a, you know, 30 minute meditation, then, you know, I'm, if I'm setting myself up for failure and, and knowing that I'm not going to stick to it, Versus like doing 20 breaths. Yeah. Uh, um, that's, you know, kind of when I fall out of it. Or like a two minute meditation, 10 days in a row, and then like go to three minutes. And then, you know, it's like that to me is what's been helpful for me to help my habits. Like start waste. Like I started intermittent fasting. So, right. Did I tell you about this already? No, you didn't. Yeah. So a while, like I've been on this like weight loss journey deal and I want to come back to kind of what like in the last two months you talked about how your habits have kind of dialed in. So, and you talked about creating space. So I want to talk about that a lot because that's what our, like my license plate says do less, you know, Mm, Kate created the do less experiment. Right. So, so I started like, I've been on this real journey because when Kate was pregnant with Penelope, which was over two years ago, I gained a tremendous amount of weight, you know, and from the time, the heaviest I ever, ever was, was 215. And that was in the last six months. And then, but our wedding in 2014, when we got married in 2014, I was down to 184. So I went, what is that? 30 pounds. Is that right? 20, yeah, 20, 30, 30 pounds additional weight in a couple of years. And so we went on a honeymoon and Kate was pregnant and we would just go and eat whatever. And I didn't, there was no, what, and I was no, not real structured with workouts. And I was kind of like all over the place. We were moving a lot, traveling a lot, et cetera. And I just was like, had it finally hit me and I was like, I got to change this. So I started losing weight and I started eating better, but I knew there needed to be something that was structured in my life that made it easier. Like I didn't want to do like food elimination of everything. I didn't want to say, okay, if today you're going to stop eating gluten, sugar, meat, like the whole shebang. It's like start small. So then I started watching all of these people, um, kind of how they handled it. And then with intermittent fasting, I knew that was a thing that can be really beneficial. And I always felt like I ate too, I just ate too much throughout the day. I would snack. I work from home. You walk by the kitchen a thousand times a day. You're like, oh, I should get my whatever. And so my buddy came over a week and a half ago and he said, you know, I've been doing intermittent fasting because we always talk about workouts and food. Like that's our, every time we're together, what are you doing workouts? What are you doing for food? And he was like, I started intermittent fasting and Kevin Rose, the founder of dig, you know, dig nation. Um, he created, he called an app. It's an app he created called zero and it started, he got big into intermittent fasting. So they created this app. It's free. And you literally start, where's my phone? Oh, so all you do is you pretty much, um, and we have a friend in our Usana business that talks a lot about this. But for those of you watching this thing, it's an app where you just literally go and you hit start fasting. And then it says, if you start at 8 o'clock, well, the, they, they have two different programs. You can do a 13-hour fast or a 16-hour fast. And so I started on the first week and a half at the 13-hour fast. And then now I'm on the 16-hour fast. So basically from the time I go to bed, at like let's say I stop eating at 8 o'clock at night. And as soon as that thing is like... Because I'll know at night, I'll be like, I want to eat more. But I'm not really hungry. It's just a habit. And I'm like, yeah. start the fast. Because yeah. as soon as I hit the button, I'm like, okay, no more eating. And uh, then literally I'm not eating until like noon. you know. And I'll yeah. work out around in between the hours of 8 to 10. So my workouts are better. So I, what do you do? Do you, do you do anything for breakfast or have like a coffee or a tea or like 
No. Do you, you don't consume you can, any they do water? Black coffee, but I wake up and I have two big like uh, like big glass like mason jars of water with lemon nice. in it because I like the taste of lemon in the morning. I don't know. Yeah. So I just put lemon in and I just chug tons of water right when I wake up. And because our our like Maine is pretty dry right now, it's getting dry, especially in the winter time. So especially after wake sleeping, it's it's nice to be really refreshed. And I noticed that wakes me up pretty quick. And then I have Usana makes this um, energy drink product, but it's called Rev Three. It's made out of it's like a natural. It's it's more of a natural product versus like artificial caffeine, synthetic, all that stuff. Coffee gets me too jittery. So right about an hour before I'm going to work out, 30 minutes to an hour, I just have a Rev3 product. Um, I just like working out a little caffeinated. It just feels good for me. Um, so, and it just like really wakes me up. So that's usually about nine o'clock or so in the morning and that's it. And then I just drink that like right before I work out. And so that's all I have in that time. And then I eat around lately the 16 hours it's basically from 8 to 8 30 at night to noon so and then i saw what happened was i saw like the rock lives like this terry cruz like the he's an actor on brooklyn yeah. 99 big huge jacked dude um he's the guy that makes his pecs bounce all over the place yeah yeah and so like he he does this intermittent fasting thing and so from a food standpoint for me it, it's very structured I just yeah. like hit a button and I look at the thing and it says you can eat again at 12. And I'm like, okay, great. So it's just like, and sometimes I didn't like uh, two days ago, I was so hungry at like 11, 50, it was, it was 11 hours and, or it was like 14 hours, 14 and a half hours. I was starving and I was just like, I have to eat. Like I just stopped it and I just had to eat. And then I, it's the structure. And then I'm starting to learn about like, when do I want to work out? Cause I notice like if I work out at 11 o'clock, which is like an hour before I can, it's too long. I need to work out early in the morning. Cause that workout also, I don't, I'm not hungry after I work, you know, after I lift. And so, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's creating those small habits. So I, for the first week and a half, I did 13 hours and now I'm up to 16 hours, you know, and now we're, I'm like three days into the 16 hour time frame. But it feels freaking fantastic, and I don't. Yeah, I haven't gone. You feel scale. you feel really good when you. I, I feel good. The yeah. one thing I have noticed is I'm still doing a little bit of like wandering around the kitchen eating, and I'm just right. like going with it. And I know that'll eventually stop. And I know last night I went to a Mexican restaurant for dinner, and I just like went to town on chips, but that like moved through me really fast, you know. So it was like not a problem, and it's like next time I probably won't do that. Um, or just be just be a little bit more. I'm paying more attention to what's going on. You know, in in doing that, like what uh, you know, like once you got like the base, and 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 just kind of talking about this because I think habits are so important for somebody to become successful and remain successful over time, and just continue and continue to grow. I have a lot of times that plateaued. I had you know, gone really far or, you know, hit a huge milestone or a goal. And I just would, you know, kind of crash and burn. And, you know, it just really starts with the fundamentals. But like, as you go through that process, what I noticed in what you said is that you can like little, you can then make fine adjustments to what you're doing because you notice how your body is responding in, you know, to the fast, yeah. like I need to move it to this time. And then all of a sudden it becomes, to what works for you and what, what can become a habit. Right. I've noticed a lot of, a lot of the same things in my life with my diet 
to as well on just how much I have it dialed in to where I can just fine tune it, where the things that I couldn't even notice before because like I was combining the wrong foods or this or that, I couldn't even notice how certain little tiny things affect me. But when they become so dialed in, then it's like, wow, I notice when I eat this one thing, how my body reacts to it. So, uh, you know, I like that. And I like the idea of fine tuning, yeah. you know, the fast. And I would love to do the intermittent fasting. <laughs> so just download the app Zero. It's literally Z-E-R-O. And it's, uh, you know, the little icon is kind of like a moon or it's a sun. And just start with the one that's like 13 hours. It's like they talk about the circadian rhythm of the world. Like, so just start there. Um, and yeah, it's cool. Like, I, I don't know. It's easy. It's easy to follow. And I've, I've done this before. I've tried different things and like they talk, you know, it's like waking up with bulletproof coffee in the morning or whatever. So you're getting that fat in there. And just for me, it's just like the amount of it's the elimination. It's like what you're talking about that I want to go into next would be like the creating space. So mm. the other day when we, you and I were chatting, you were talked about where you've created more space in your life in the past two months that just feels really good. So talk to me about like, what was it? What does that mean? You know, and what does that mean for you? For me, it means, uh, living below my means. It means, um, it was, it was like a decision and it kind of just happened naturally. I was living in Chicago. I was living in this, you know, two bedroom apartment downtown, a lot of noise, you know, just a lot going on. And I just felt a calling to move to Milwaukee and to get out of the city environment, like the intense. And it just little by little, it was something that happened naturally, you know, it's kind of hard to explain, but, um, I really just simplifying my life because I, I would notice like all the things that I want. I was building an agency and, um, it was going well, but I was working 16 hours in the day. It was just like, I was burning myself out. I'm like, I can't live like this, you know? And like, I, I do that in my twenties and it was like, you know, I could push it. I could push it and really try to push myself to achieve and gain more. But it really, literally took just simplifying everything in looking at every single little thing in my life. And like, what is, what is standing between me and living the life that I want to live? And a lot of that was insecurity. A lot of that is fear based. Um, you know, what are people going to think about me, you know, downgrading my apartment to me, it wasn't really a downgrade to me. It was an upgrade. It was an upgrade in lifestyle. But, um, you know, a lot of that just was based out of fear of like, why do I have these things in my life? Is it for me because I'm truly fulfilled by them or is it because of, um, you know, I want to achieve some kind of, you know, success or standard or, you know, like, like living. And, uh, uh, that's, that's the long answer of it. But, you know, really, I just started picking these apart, like little by little and questioning everything that I was doing. I have a question regarding kind of a status thing. Like Tony Robbins talks about, um, what, no, I can't remember what it, what's the S do you know the six things he always talks about? Significance. So he talks about like gaining significance all the time. Like we go after these four things and really the two of them that we forget to focus on a lot is growth and contribution. And that's what really produces like happy people. And so significance is one of these things we strive for. Would you say, 
or that's more of a leading question, would you say? So I guess when you're surrounding yourself, because you've been around a lot of very successful business people, right? And yes. like in your time online, has that, did that influence this? Like, how does that influence you? Let's say not Bradley now, but Bradley, like, you know, six months ago or a couple of years ago, has that created a lot of, um, that striving for trying to accomplish things that maybe didn't really, you really didn't want, you know, I guess my, to, to rephrase that would be like, how does it make, how is it affecting your life being around? Like, let's say Lou, like we're going to talk, I'm going to ask you the question that Lewis is probably asking people a lot with this book, but it's the first thing that came to mind when I picked it up, but like hanging out with Lewis Howes, hanging out with James Wedmore, like these guys are really successful business people. And, you know, and, and I know my own experience with that, but for you, I'm just curious, like, does it create a need to do better? Like, cause I know you just went to their, his event or is it becomes like a selfish drive to do it? Or is it something that you're just like, look what they're creating. We can do that too. Like, how does that work for you? Yeah. Before it was, it, it was really intense. Like, and you know, especially, you know, growing up, not having like a mentor or mentors to like really guide. I was just going on what I see. You know, when I was in California, I was living in a 7,000 square foot mansion, you know, and like trying to go after the things that I thought I wanted. And it was really just like, you know, being reflected on what other people have. Okay, I want to achieve this, but there was really no meaning behind it. I thought I knew my purpose and like, you know, was like to build this big company. And so like, I figured like, okay, these were the pieces that I needed in order to get that. So hanging around like, you know, over the past year, I think, what I've let go a lot of was like the insecurity that I'm my identity or I am not enough because I don't have so-and-so because that's, I, it's not what I really want, uh, or, or wanted was just going after these things, you know, a nice apartment, having a nice car, you know, um, uh, you know, whatever it is just because like there was just no reason. So hanging around, you know, uh, I've let go of it less and less because my identity was so rooted in like, you know, like having to be successful and having the successful internet business that I got really insecure and like shut down because I wasn't pursuing that path. And it just wasn't easy for me. It just wasn't like, it, it kept feeling like I'm pushing a boulder up a mountain. And so I'm, I, I really had to like question that and just sit with that and just be like, why is this, you know, and then start like a process of letting go and be like, it's okay. You know, my worth is not, you know, tied into my achievements or my, you know, you know, my apartment or, you know, any of this stuff. So going to the event with, uh, Lewis, like, you know, Lewis has been, um, just an amazing, you know, you know, friend slash mentor slash, you know, just all of the above, you know, I, I also do coaching for Lewis and his community. And, you know, I think it's a constant unwinding of these thoughts and these beliefs. And that's where the journaling, there's the things like, I'm not perfect and I struggle and I'll fall and I'll have a bad day. But now I'm aware of these things where I can address it and be like, okay, why, you know, you know, you know, why are you doing the things you're doing? And so, uh, it's kind of like the long winded answer. I don't know if it addressed it directly, but it's been tough, you know, and I'm not going to lie about it, but you know, it's, uh, really getting down to the root of what do I want in my life? And, you know, 
uh, and it's actually really exciting because I just get to design that that path. That's that's awesome. Yeah, that's what a what a. Great and you've seen me two months ago. I was in pretty in you know before that. I was uh, you know. You're having a rough time. I'm having a rough time. Um, I'm curious about. Can we talk about like some of the? I don't know. You just tell me no if you don't want to talk about it. But like, I know you've done some healing around like family dynamics. Yeah. So, because I think that as a, I've done the same thing. You know, as a guy, like, and it's something I've had to process myself. So, like, wh- how? Because moving back to Milwaukee, your family's closer to you now, right? You know, than it was in Chicago. So, going home, it's kind of open. To, you don't have to talk specifics or any of that stuff, but just like, how have you? What have you learned during this process of like moving back to Milwaukee? It's kind of like talk me through the journey of what that's been like. It's this. It's almost like the same. Um, it's the same. It's like there's a patterns that I notice in my life. The same thing. Like I want in. Like I look back on 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 the things that the idea of the, the ideal like family relationship and how I want to show up for my family. And here's what I noticed is that I'm just pushing too hard. Like I'm just pushing too hard. Like this is another goal to knock off my list. And what I noticed through the process is that as I create the space, as I get control over my mind, as I've taken control over my body and my health and my diet, as I practice, um, you know, meditation and self-love, this is where it all stems from. And I, I believe that the healing comes from that. Like I can't, you know, honestly say, and like, you know, try to create this amazing relationship if I don't have this great relationship and enjoy spending time with myself. And that's where I was having the biggest challenge with. So that's still, you know, like in progress, yeah. you know, and it's in, in, in like, I'm, I'm, you know, coming up with a you know plan, but it's like, you know, number one, I just, you know, I get to take care of myself and, you know, make sure I'm in a good, you know, and healthy mindset. And I, I have a good, you know, healthy body that I'm taking care of. Um, so it doesn't like, you know, I don't know, does that answer, does that answer the question? Cause it's like, I just, you know, the space is, is given me and the habits have given me kind of like freedom. It's given me a lot of freedom to, you know, pursue the things that are really, really important in my life. Yeah, and then how has it, like, how has that discovery about yourself changed the relationship with those family members that kind of you had, were, were, I would say, struggling to adjust to? Or, you know, it's like, it's kind of like healing. The way I look at it a lot is I'm, I'm healing past energies or that should, that have never been dealt with. And yeah. like now we're dealing with them. So how has taking care of yourself allowing those to be dealt with on a manner that can really be dealt with? Um, I think like the best way, you know, to explain is like you, you try to go after a goal and it's like, you know, you're working on this goal for like the longest time and you're like, what happened? Like, how did you all of a sudden achieve it? It's like, um, nothing changed. Like I changed. And what, what I'm realizing is that like, I was expecting other people around me to change and trying to change people. And instead 
what I realized is I have to change, you know, and change myself, change my way of being. If I want to build a connection uh, with certain people, it just all comes from with me, you know, with me. And I just, you know, it, I would just get so like upset that I can't find the connection and then I would shut down. You know, and, and just like kind of like uh, distance myself from, you know, just, you know, certain people. So I just it's just me changing. And, um, it, you know, like I said, it's a work in progress, like you're working in, in uh, it, you know, it's like a whole process. It's but um, I don't think change, you know, like a lot of these things, especially like health and diet, like. You know, if people have chronic disease and, and, and disease in the body, like, and they've had it for their entire life, it takes time, you know, to like, you know, unwind some of these things, which is another thing that I've dealt with in my life, you know, the chronic disease. Um, do you have any more examples of creating space, like things that you've done to eliminate, to allow more space in your life? Uh, I know that's been your big thing that you talked about a couple of days ago, was just like, it's just nice to not you're saying no didn't you say you're saying no to like everything that comes across your plate saying no to more opportunities yeah yeah saying no um clearing out inboxes you know like you know emails that I haven't responded to like simplifying the communication and access you know to me and like what i respond to Oh man, everything, man, getting rid of stuff in my apartment, like getting rid of stuff that doesn't serve me getting rid of books that I'll never read and that I just have there getting things, getting, you know, like I just, I think everybody's life is different and just like looking at the things that are just, it's everything, man. Like I, how can I live more simply? Is, Is there anything that's standing in the way that I think about on a daily basis standing in the way of me doing anything that I want to do in my life. If no, if like, if that's a, a yes, it's got to go. Yeah. Like it's just got to go. Uh, because it's just, it's going to like, I, you know, in, in this book, as a man thinketh talks about, if you don't have a direct purpose, if you're not an Elon Musk and you want to go to the moon or go to Mars, right. And you don't have that clear life's purpose that you're working towards, all it is is habits and focusing on doing the little things well. And once you master yourself and your body and your mind, you are prepared for any opportunity that comes your way. And that's something that I, I kind of knew, but I'm like, you know, I didn't really take it seriously. It's okay. Okay. I'll get to, you know, X amount of money and I can install these habits. Like no problem. Then I have money. Then I have money to pay my bills and I can take some time off. And it was this, thought this thought process that I thought work and it just it was the same pattern over and over wow that's happening in my life I'm just gonna repeat that because that's that's like so let's say you're not Elon Musk that has this grand vision to like go to Mars right I'd say that's a small select of people period you know I think there's very few people who have a grand vision and that's what they work towards their whole life you know, and I think, well, I could be wrong on that, but I, but I guess what you're saying now is like, in, if you don't have that right now, work on these smaller habits that need to be fixed because those smaller habits are not fixed, but you want to create. And as you're creating those, that vision of what it is you want to do will get clear. Right? Uh, totally. I believe so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, I guess we're, we're, we're prepared. Like it's like sharpening the ax. 
Um, because, you know, one thing I write about a lot is just, you know, like purpose and just like the direction and that's evolved and that's changed for me dramatically. Um, and sometimes I get a little bit hard on myself of not having like, you have these gifts, you know, like, why aren't you like an Elon Musk going to like, you know, transform the world. And that's what I've, you know, realized in the process is that, you, you know, we all need to be prepared for the opportunity that is going to land on our plate. And if we are not prepared as these opportunities come along, we're going to have to miss out on them. Yeah. You know, and if we look at our lives, like, uh, you know, uh, uh I, I met Macklemore in the airport several years back. What? And that was like one of the coolest things. I was listening to, uh, Macklemore on the plane. I walk off of the plane and walk right by him. And this is when Macklemore first came on and really liked his music. And, and, uh, it's like, you know, you can only prepare for those moments, you know, so many times, like, what do you say in that, in that, in that moment? Or, you know, like what, you know, maybe you want to create an opportunity, you know, or a magical moment in that situation. And it's like, we're only, you know, we, we just got to be prepared for, you know, every, uh, moment in our life, I feel like. And, uh, so I said, well, I walked by him. <laughs> I walked by and I looked back and you can't, you know, miss, you know, the guy. And I was like, I just yelled out. I was like, hey, Macklemore. And I just yelled out at him really loud in the airport. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I don't know, 15 or 20 feet behind me. And, and uh, this whole thing wasn't supposed to happen. My flight got redirected into LAX and I was supposed to go into Orange County. And it was just like so ironic. And then he just turns around and then we like both like walk up to each other. And I was just like, I was like, dude, I was just listening to you on the plane. Like, I love your music. This is so cool uh, to meet you. And he just, I like extended my hand. He's just like, thanks. <laughs> and that was it. That was our, our whole thing. We both like walked away. I didn't ask for a picture or anything like that, but it was, uh, uh, that was it, man. That's awesome. I just, yeah. uh, so complex wow. magazine had a, they just did a, a tour of his closet for shoes. Just Google, like go to YouTube and type in complex and Macklemore. It was recent. So you can check it out. But yeah, his new album's pretty. It's 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 different than him and what Ryan Lewis produced. It's pretty cool. I like yeah. Gemini just dropped. So, um, yeah, I, I got a big fan. I saw him with uh, Kate's fifteen year old sister last year. We went to a concert in Boston. Um, yeah, totally. But you know what? The, the whole I guess the whole the point of that is like if I were like a singer, you know, right? And, and or like I had some opportunity to do you know, cross, you, you get this one opportunity to cross paths with, you know, somebody that you admire or want to work with or something like that. It's just being prepared. And sometimes that just requires doing the small things really well. I know when I went to that event last week, my routine got all shaken up and I was a little stressed out. I was like, uh, not last week, you know, like two weeks ago. And I was, I was getting stressed out and like, you know, I was working late and it just kind of threw my whole world off. And, and I just, you know, started to see myself spiral because I'm like, I didn't know how to handle it, right? And um, and I just started asking myself better questions. Is like, what what could I have done to prepare for this better? Oh, nice, you know? that's a good idea. You know, um, I definitely want to dive more into all that, but we have we have to we're gonna have to. I got like one one or two more questions because we have to go pick up Penelope. Um, so 
I just got this book from Lewis House, and it's starting to get me a lot. Like 2017 and 2016, I've started to think a lot about being a dude. Mm. It, it doesn't have anything to do with this election at all. I'm just kidding. Um, it has a lot to do with like what Trump has done in the last, you know, since he started running in 2015, and just like right. what this has meant for like what have I done in my life. You know, and like, have I mistreated women the way that he has? And is that something? And I did once, you know, more than once probably, but like in a recent time that I actually apologized to the woman for, and she's like, I haven't even thought about it, you know, so it's all good. But it's just like, I wanted to make sure that um, it wasn't Kate, it was somebody else. And, but Kate like gave me, it's like I did something, and she was like, What are you doing? You can't just do that. And I was like, Totally, you know, I, I wasn't thinking straight, and I just did it. But anyway, so I guess my question is, because Lewis House's new book is The Mask of Masculinity, and I don't even think it's out. I think it comes out at the end of September or October, I believe. Right. Um, he sent us a, an advanced copy of it. Thank you to you, Bradley Will. And what is, like, what does that mean to you? Like, what is the mask of masculinity? What do you think that that is? Well, I haven't read the book no, yet. No, not about the book. Just about you. Like when? Oh, just about me? Like when, that, mm. when I say that to you, like what does that mean? Because I haven't read the book either, so I don't know what his definition of. I'll just, I'll just tell, you, tell you this is that one thing that I've been really insecure about because when I look at what does it mean in this idea of being a man? Yeah. When I share what's in my journal or like what I write about has been – probably one of the most difficult thing in, is publishing some of that stuff. Like I've written stuff, but it's always had a little bit of a filter on it. You know, stuff I publish on my blog or, you know, whatnot. And, um, what I would, what I would worry about is like, are people going to see me as less of a man because, you know, I'm sensitive or, you know, I'm emotional or, you know, all this, like, that's what would really come up. And I was scared of like publishing these things about, you know, what are people from my past or, you know, like this, what are they going to say about me? And so I put this mask on of like, you know, somebody that I'm, uh, really not. I just, you know, wear that mask of, you know, I gotta be this and post workout pictures online because, you know, like I'm a man and that's what, you know, a man is. So really for me is, is, is connecting with, you know, my, you know, emotions and, 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 uh, and, uh, not looking that as like a weakness, but as a strength, mm. uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes I've wear, I know in the, the book, it talks about a Joker mask and, you know, I've worn that mask a little bit of like using humor, yeah. you know, to, um, deflect, I don't know exactly how, uh, you know, he describes it, but like using these different shields to allow, keep doing this. <laughs> this is my, my mask sign. Uh, it's like John Cena yeah. where you raise, raise your hand in front of your face. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? What do you think? Uh, it makes me think a lot about um, what I was told as a kid. You know, it's just like how or society in that matter where what are we like, for instance, the other day, like what have I been taught is the correct way to operate where men make all the money, women stay at home, take care of the kids, they cook the food, like that whole stereotype than not being able to talk about your feelings or being vulnerable in a situation because it's, it's defined as a weakness. Um, it's how, like, coaches teach men where they're yelling and screaming at each other, where that's not necessary, 
But just even the other day where I talked to you about this already, I haven't made this public, but I will soon. But somebody sent me a picture of one of the graphics that I've put online. It was on my blog, and they um, it was a buddy of mine from growing up, and he's like, somebody sent this to me. And it's literally like a picture of a dick drawn on my head. You know, so it's like I got my first dick pic. So right off the bat, it makes you question is like what you're doing. And it's a, it just comes to me like I'm over, you know, it's not it's not something that's stuck with me for days, but it's just like I got it. And for the that next hour to an hour and a half, I'm like, huh, you know, like somebody really thinks about what blog post I wrote. That's the feeling they get from it or it, they're joking around or like it's it, it creates this identity crisis with myself based off of that. But the reality is, like, I don't care, you know, what that person thinks. But it's just, like, in that first hour, it made me think about stuff. But now it's, like, whatever, I'm going to keep doing my thing. But I also feel like there it is, it's breaking down the barriers of exactly what's going on in the world right now. You know, it's, like, that um, the way the world has functioned for a long time has – it's like a mask. And we've masked the issues – you know, I heard uh, who was it? Shannon Sharp, I think, is one of the ESPN documentaries that talked about after the NFL protest this past weekend. It was the best thing. He goes, "We thought racism was over for eight years. You know, it's just like it was covered up because it's good. But there's a black dude in, as a president, and we're all good. And it was not. It was <clears throat> it was a mask for the United States as a country. Right? <laughs> the truth is is covered yeah. up. And now we're really seeing what it's just exposing with what's going on with like what is really dealing what, what this country is really going through and dealing with, and that we will not just this year but it's going to continue for quite a few years, and so I think a lot of that's what I think about when it comes to it and just when like Lewis's picture Kate picked up this book and she was like she goes they really could have taken the red out of his eyes she goes but that defeats the whole purpose like it's not photoshopped like this photo. Yeah. It's straight up like what he looks like, and it's just here. And maybe they did something like in the place, but it's not very photoshopped. And it's like really looking at ourselves in the mirror to be like, what's my real deal? And I think what you shared here was about, you know, it's recognizing 7,000 square foot house that I lived in 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 California. It's like creating the space, like doing all of these things just to chase the thing is not my solution. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I, I don't know. That was a long answer to your question. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And it even redefines as of being a father, you know, what that looks like, because that's a whole stereotypical thing as well. And also women treating their husbands slash, you know, fathers of their babies better, men treating babies better. Like there's a lot of shit talking that goes on, you know, about issues. And it's I think a lot of it is we are doing that talking because we're covering up from what we own, what we want to, we need to heal in a way, right? And it's easy to just blame the other person instead of us dealing with our own issues. Yeah. And relationships are hard, you know. They're just they're they're great, but they're also very challenging. And that's the biggest thing I've noticed with exposing that it has been it's it's being with Kate is is taught me how to, and especially being a dad now is like has taught me how to. It's like puts that mask in front of my face and I can either deal with it or not. And it's probably a great mirror for you too, exactly. like just off of your daughter and you know, off yep. of Kate. Yeah. And I see that with my, with my nephews, you know, my nephew came to stay with me. Uh, my nephew is 14, just turned 15. And, um, you know, for a couple of days and, and I have also have a younger nephew who is about a year old and just, 
that's changed being a single man, no kids. Yeah. You know, like, and, and when I, he came to say with me is just like seeing and being a mirror of like how I'm doing the things that I'm doing, you know, and what kind of role model am I being for, you know, my nephews. And, uh, so I think it's a really important topic, you know, the mask of masculinity. And I have a lot of respect for Lewis putting it out there because I know it's going to be a fiery conversation. Yes, it will. Um, you know, people are going to, you know, attack and, and, you know, a lot of the people that attack, I think, you know, do have, you know, they get, you know, that's where we get to work on our own issues, you know, like stop going outward. Let's all go inward. You know, let's, you know, outward is, Outward is not, I've heard this say somewhere and I really resonated with outward is knowledge, inward is wisdom. And the more space we can create and go inward and really, you know, you know, attack the truth within ourselves, then, you know, the more that we can heal and, you know, bring great stuff to the world. So I'm excited to see how it's received. I'm excited to read it and, and see how it impacts my life. What masks, other masks I'm wearing. Yeah. What other masks? That's cool. Um, where can people, this is a great conversation to kick off with. And I know we could do this for a long time, but where, but I, now I have to really go pick up Penelope. Where can people find out more about what you're up to? And I know Um, eventually down the line, I know right now you're, you're on your journey. But like there yeah. could be some single ladies out there that live in Milwaukee. So single ladies, hey. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, the last time you put me on, uh, you know, like a live stream, um, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we had this. Uh, oh, yeah. We had this webinar, I think, and you were coming to Maine. And there was a girl here that's single and was like, okay, well, send Bradley my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's funny. Uh, anywhere on social media, Google me, Bradley Will. Go to BradleyWill.com. Um, connect with me anywhere, Instagram. Uh, love to connect with you. Love to hear your story. Uh, send me a message. Reach out. If I can be of service and help in any way, um, I'm glad to uh, do that and, uh, and uh, request that I come back on Project Life. All right. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thank you so much for listening to the Project Life with Mike Watts podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today on this episode and you want to know a little bit more about what I am using to help grow our business, to help myself become a better man, to help myself become a better dad, a better husband, a better human overall, you know, I'm all about team human. And that's what I really want to do is create a world that allows us to become better human beings. And if that's something you're interested in, head over to MikeJWatts.com. That is MikeJWatts.com. You can register right there for my email's newsletter. It goes out once a week. There's usually three to five different tools, tips, tricks, techniques that I've learned about this week that are really helping me become a better human being. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you over on MikeJWatts.com, and I'll see you tomorrow.